Mid-season surprise, big surprise. Uh, today we are joined by College Game Day's longtime rock star, Desmond Howard, uh, one of only four humans to ever win the Heisman Trophy and Super Bowl MVP. No one's done it since him. Our producers found that. Uh, we're also rolling with the, the heart. We are Penn State, Christian Hackenberg, and our man from the South, Mr. Pigs, Pig Suey. There you uh, go. Clint Get it Sterner. out of here. Get it out, George. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Mr. Clint Sturter, voice of the Dallas Cowboys. What's up, fellas? Shoot, George. I'm doing good, man. Des, welcome to the do- welcome to the dojo, sir. Welcome in here. Welcome on in here. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you. Again, much. Field of 12, powered by Bet Rivers. You can find us on Sirius XM app. And uh, we'll get you all the the, the in necessary information on the merch and everything else. Field of 12 or field of 68 dot shop dot shop shop field of 68 dot <laughs> shop to get all the different merch. Man, let's jump right into it because we got a couple precious moments with uh, uh, Desmond Howard. Des, man, first, thank you so much for joining us. And Clint, this is Clint Sterner's night. Clint is the point guard. We have a, a rotation on this team. And Clint allowed me to rotate over to his night uh, to, to to kind of run through this. So, Clint, this is your night, sir. I appreciate it. Let's jump right to the Heisman. Well, hang on uh, a second, George. It ain't going to yes, come sir. cheap now. It ain't going to come cheap. I'm going to give you my Venmo and my cash app and all that stuff when we get done. But but we'll get that figured out, Des. So, hey, hey good to have you, brother. Good to be here. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Appreciate it. I'm I'm gonna pass all costs and expenses straight on over there to Desmond Howard. So send it right on too, sir. Send it on, uh, fellas. Right out of the gate. Right out of the gate. We're gonna uh, get into it with Des. Go over the slate. Uh, do some game picks at the end of the show. Much much more. And again, Phil to twelve after dark. Just joining us. We're gonna go right into the Heisman discussion. Des, you've been covering this. You've been covering this season all off season, all preseason. All of a sudden, it feels like it's a two-horse race with Hendon Hooker and C.J. Stroud. Is that the facts from where you see it? Um, I guess my question would be, it's my question would be, how do you judge your Heisman candidates? Like, how do you how do you judge the people who you put in the race? That's that would be my question. And I would actually like to hear, you know, that your your answers before I I give you my impression on it. Now, um, case in point, any of you guys in the fraternity? No, I was not. Oh. No, okay. No. Well, like the Heisman is like a fraternity, right? You know, we call it a fraternity. We have like the Heisman house supposed to be like a fraternity house, right? Yeah. So that whole fraternity concept is um. When you're a member of a fraternity, you 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 take things a little bit more serious than other people when it comes to welcoming in a new member, if that sure. makes sense. So if sure. maybe you guys aren't in, in fraternities, but I'm sure you know people who are, or you know women who are in sororities, and they don't take lightly who they invite into their sorority or their fraternity. So I say that. To, to preface my opinion on the people who should even be mentioned as Heisman candidates. 
I don't like the fact that people a person have a has a good game against an inferior opponent and everybody's blown away by these ridiculous inflated numbers, these ridiculously inflated numbers, and now all of a sudden this person should be a Heisman candidate. Slow down. Pump your brakes. Why don't you let me know if this person should be a candidate for the best at his position mm. before you make him the best in the whole sport? Mm-hmm. Is he your Davey O'Brien Award winner? Right. Is he your, your Dope Walker Award winner? Like, is he the best in his position before you say he's get, the get, best all over, all, all around? Does that make any sense correct. to you guys? A hundred percent. So mm-hmm. when y'all throwing out these names, I'm like, well, what has he done? Right. Because because Vegas said he's the eyes on favorite or because of this or because of that. But what has what have you seen this season up to this point where you would really say, yeah, you know what? He's the best in all of college football. I hope I hope that gives some context to how I look at this. Now, with that being said, let me know who you guys think should be the candidates and why. Hack. Well, I, I, you bring up a great point, and I kind of look at it that way as well. I think when you look at historically, you know, C.J. Stroud, it's kind of plug and play in that system that's proven that way at that at, at, with with the quarterback. What that what come what, what has him. he done this season that has blown you away? Well, I thought he's played phenomenal. I thought he's put up a bunch of yards. Obviously, uh, he hasn't had that Heisman against moment two. yet. Against he two. He hasn't had that Heisman moment Against yet. two. He hasn't had it yet. He played Notre Dame Against, against two. Different team now. Different game now. My point being is – You haven't is told me anybody that you were impressed listen, that listen, he I'm played against. There. I'm getting huh? there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I thought that oh, okay. he's, well, he's we, done we what he's got done. got a lot of time. You have to put his name up there, right? You have to put his name up there, okay? And then no, moving into that no, – No, you don't. No, you don't. Okay. You don't, you don't have to put anybody's name up there except Bryce Young because he's the returning winner. To me, that's how I look at it. Well, that's fair enough. That's a good point. Um, I thought I think I think uh I think uh uh him, I think Hendon Hooker's done it. He beat Alabama, he beat Bryce Young. Um I think uh I think Blake Corum has done a great job this year. Um and I think Chase Brown at Illinois, who's actually top three guys in all in all purpose yards. Uh, it depended on how you look at it. I think the last three guys are probably the MVPs of their football team. If you take them off the football team, uh, I don't. I don't think either of those, any of those programs, are in the are in the sphere or conversation of where they are right now. If 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 I'm going to make that argument, so um, to me, I think it's early yet. To your point, Des, a lot of these guys haven't played their best games yet in terms of competition. Where they're going to be Heisman defining moments, you're not going to see that yet. But um, to me, that's 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 the group that shakes out in, in my eyes. Clint? Look, according to those those uh, restrictions right there, it's a two horse race. I mean, you you got you got Hendon Hooker, who has the best resume in college football in twenty twenty two. His team's undefeated. He's got a monster win, and he he clearly carries that football team on his back. Number one, and then Bryce Young, if if last year's recipient is is automatically in the mix because he's already in the fraternity, then it's a two horse race. There there ain't nobody else in America right now that that has the the resume along with the moment this year that that is in the conversation if if you're if we're not talking about guys like CJ Stroud, guys like Caleb Williams, guys like 
uh, Blake Corum. If you just take the numbers off the off the table, I think it's a two horse race at this point in time. Well, then, to, in my opinion, it does go back to three, and he may be lacking a Heisman moment. But it is CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud, you, you, Ohio. But you, you, let me. You, you keep talking Heisman moment. Other guy talk Heisman. I'm not even talking about Heisman moment. Yeah. I'm just talking about competition that you respect well enough that his numbers will blow you away. Oh, that's so, what I'm saying. So I'm not it, even it, saying Heisman moment. That's I'm fair. Just saying you're I saying say, that's not criteria. I, I look at two things. I yeah. always look at this, and I'm consistent with this. What did you do? And more importantly. Who did you do it against? Yep. That's, my, that's my general rule of thumb right there. So for for the case for C.J. Stroud, and again, you can't help what the other team becomes after you play him. Out of the gate, they played the number five team, Notre Dame. He lost easily, I think, the best receiver in college football. He lost first quarter, second quarter. That changes the game plan. And Des, you know how that is. If you don't have your fastball, you got to find a way to win. That was the closest game Ohio State has had. They top three in the nation in scoring. He's been consistent. And if you look at quarterbacks, yeah, it in my opinion, there's three that sit at the same table. One's at Bama, and he's got a crown. He's got a belt already. The other one sitting next to him is Stroud, and the other one sitting next to him is Caleb Williams. And combined, they have two losses. Two losses amongst them. And then for C.J. Stroud, Ohio State. I would prefer this conversation to not be so focused on C.J. Stroud. Yeah. I, I really would because it's easy for people to listen and say, oh, he's just hating on C.J. because he went to Michigan. You know what I'm saying? And, that, yeah. and that's not the case at all. I can say the same thing about Caleb Williams. You know what I'm saying? I can say the same thing about, I mean, but it just so happened that CJ was the guy who you guys talked about. Well, so that's why I, I mentioned him. I can yes. say the same thing about other people who they just want to throw into the conversation just because they have a big game. I'm Desmond, like, let me throw this in there too. That, that was kind of what I was trying to get at at Ohio State is I think you could throw Kyle McCord in. If, 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 if CJ Stroud wasn't there and Kyle McCord was playing, I think the system, the environment is going to, is going to produce numbers and uh, production that is going to warrant Heisman conversation. You think Kyle McCord could drive the Buckeyes into the playoffs from this moment on? I think so. Listen, but he's not They've done it over and over again. My point being is is that's where I was. He he said, like, for what he did up to this point. So so what? Oh, Correct. so McCord played. Right, that's so, what he's saying. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. fair. What, I, what yeah. I'm saying is, is I think, and, and and we talked about this before we got on, before you got in here, Desmond. I think, I think C.J. Stroud is the only one who's in the conversation nationally and on this and on this call right now and on this on this on this uh, on this pod right now um, that is replaceable. I think anybody else that we've mentioned, if you put in the guy that's sitting behind them right now, or they need you take that player off that roster, I don't think that team is relevant to the level that they are relevant right now. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, no, I got you. It makes sense. And and the thing about um the thing about guys like um Bryce Young in my earlier comment is I just believe that as the reigning or returning Heisman Trophy winner that if there's anybody who should maybe have a head start on the competition, it it should be that guy. Like he should be, you know, just cuz He's kind of earned it. He's returning. And yeah. what I saw from him in um, 
Tennessee Last game. Week. A week it was was <laughs> phenomenal, it was magical man. It was it was he was surgical. Like it Clint, was, huh? Clint, speak on what you said. Uh, share with Dez your thoughts on that Tennessee Alabama game with both quarterbacks because we talk so much about what we learned from both. Would you just share with Dez your takeaway from that heavyweight battle? It's the best college football game I've ever seen in terms of a quarterback on each side of the football uh, playing a complete ball game. And I'm talking about – I'm not talking about big post throws over the top or 50-50 balls to the sideline or go yeah. routes or scrambling around being an elite athlete and, and making more plays. I'm talking about dudes from the pocket making high Tight degree of throws. difficulty throws over and over and over again for four quarters. It was the best college football game I've ever personally seen from that perspective. I, I, I agree with you a thousand percent. I, I've been doing this since 2005. I don't think I've ever felt compelled yep. to go back to my room after a game and get on social media and try to express what I just saw on the gridiron. And I did that that night. It's still on Instagram right now. I don't think I've ever felt, you know, compelled to do that, but I was so impressed. Like you said, man, you hit it on the head. Those two quarterbacks played that position at a very, very high level for four quarters. And see, now to me, now that's when you start talking Heisman. You don't watch a guy beat up on some inferior opponent and he throws, you know, for X amount of yards, X amount of touchdowns, and now you're going to say he must be the best player in college football. I just don't think that warrants that type of praise being put on that type of on, on that person because of that performance. But you, you and I, we're on the same page, man. That was a magnificent performance by Bryce Young and by Hendon Hooker. And that's why if I had to fill out my ballot today, those two guys would be at one and two. Do you hey, think hey Des, I'm, I'm gonna tell you, I used to go to this spot in Dallas called the Candle Room, baby. Yeah. And, and and when we talk about guys performing like that. I'm going to tell you, Bryce was in the joint. Like you said, you call it a fraternity, it's the candle room in Dallas for me, baby. Bryce was in that joint. You know what I mean? Yeah, he was. Hendon Hooker was standing outside that red velvet rope next to that big old security guard tapping him on the shoulder. Yeah. After that game in Knoxville, Des, come on, he, in. Came, he came on in and he sat at that VIP table, that, that number one VIP table in the candle room and had bottle service all night long. Yeah. That man who right there, was, that was impressive, baby. Who, See, who's that's, with that's you, That's what Henry? I'm talking about, and yeah. that's what you need to look for before you ever start talking about a person need to join the Hydra fraternity. That's all I'm saying. We're on the same page. Respect. I learned that Bryce Young might be the most fierce general in college football. I, 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 think, I think you could split some, some, some of those high adjectives and accolades, like I said, amongst those three quarterbacks. But it reminded me of last year, and, and Clint, we talked about this, two 90-yard drives against Auburn when he had all them receivers out. And they know you got to throw it, and it's been a rock fight all night. And then you come back again, first time playing in two, three weeks off of a wing. Your throwing arm, you sprained it. Couldn't even tell. He made no, he had no mistakes, no excuses battling scrapping he didn't throw the ball away i'll find out just ride with me cape flowing in the background uh yeah we 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 learned a ton on cj stroud i think his moments are coming they got yeah, michigan but listen 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 they got michigan i just wish that you just wouldn't keep mentioning his name because 
It seems like if you say it's that, boxing you in. Yeah. It. yeah, you know, that's, that's fair. Yeah, it's just, that's fair. Let's just talk about those who have earned it. How about that? How about we do that? Not well, how about we can. talk about how about we talk about a non-quarterback that the three quarterbacks on here feel is most likely to be sitting in New York, which is also kin to you and Blake Corum. The three of us feel like that's the best non-quarterback in America. But what does America need to know, Des, in your opinion about Blake Corum? Well, I'm going to tell you this. Um, I became very I became very impressed with Blake. Um, I think it was the Maryland game. Now, Blake, Blake has had a great season, right? But we even made the same comment on game day that, you know, I think Herbstreit said, when are we going to welcome Michigan to college football? Because their schedule was so weak. I ain't say a word because the schedule was weak. And he was but he was putting up numbers, right? Then he got to the Maryland game. And Maryland's a good team, not a great team. But, but Maryland's a good, a good team that's on the rise. But yep. what impressed me about Blake in that game was that Donovan Edwards, his counterpart was out. His his his, you know, his light, they call him lightning and lightning. So his running mate, you know, the guys who come in and give him a spell, they split time like Hassan Haskins did a year ago. Donovan Edwards was out with an injury. So Donovan's not playing. So Blake is running the ball. He's running. He's doing a fantastic job. But he gets winded. He needs a blow. He taps out. They put another running back in the game. He fumbles the ball. This is a, this is a tight game. This isn't a runaway victory for Michigan at this point. This is a very tight game. So they put this other kid in there. He fumbles the ball. He doesn't see the field again. Blake comes in there again. Blake's keeping them in the game. Like anybody who watched that game will understand that Blake Corum put Michigan on his shoulders in that game. Every time they needed a big play, he came up with a huge run. They put another running back in the game. He couldn't hit the hole. He didn't see the field no more. At that point, it was obvious to everyone who watched that game, Blake was going to have to um, carry the load and that they were going to have to uh, ride him to victory. Because not like J.J. was out there just slinging the ball all over the yard. So you understood they had to run the ball, and Blake was going to be the workhorse. And he had one of those monster games when they needed him the most. The defense knew he was going to get the ball, and they still didn't stop him. That was just, a like to me, one of those impressive performances by a running back. And you just don't see those, you know, uh, all that often. Is, Ken, what's the last, and this is to anybody, what's the last, championship caliber team led by a running back outside of the Alabama teams. And I'm not just talking ground game, but really in today's football, that was led by a running back because he's clearing away. Just like Hack said, this is probably America's MVP. But who was the last unit to to make it this far? Did they have to win the championship? No, but but they made a serious charge. You're talking about Melvin Gordon? Like Gotta SC be Reggie. Reggie. Yeah, it's SC with Reggie, right? But but was Reggie part of it a talented cast or did he lead it solo? Reggie's I situation mean, didn't look like Blake Corum's. I mean, I think I don't think that SC team's the same without Reggie. No, offensively. But, but remember, if Reggie Bush stepped out, you had Lindell White in the backfield as well, and you probably had six other five stars behind him, and you still got Matt Liner. You look yeah. at Michigan. Who else is our defense is looking at hack on the scouting report? Oh no, no, no. I mean, say, 
The first I mean, that, five pages got to be Blake Corum. Right. Well, I mean, that kind of went to my point, like with the Heisman with him. I think you take him off the team, it's a different team, right? I think you have to force JJ to grow up fast. Um, yeah, true. I, yeah. I think, like Desmond That's said, true. like he 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 put himself he puts himself in situations. He kind of took over that, like Aiden Hutchinson, David Ajabo, like yeah, not only just leader on the field, but also I think leader in the locker room. And he is truly to me like Michigan's MVP. Um, and he's playing really well. What they did to Penn State this past weekend was really impressive. Yeah. Um, and I think that they're. Harbaugh kind of went to like the throwback, right? Everyone's trying to go into the whole, like, let's spread it out. Let's, let's play sexy fast, get the ball out of here. Like they built this team where they got a guy back there, a quarterback who can operate, who can throw it all over the place. But at the end of the day, their foundation is if we can turn around and hand it hand the ball off for three and a half yards, every play, we're going to do it the entire damn game and wear your ass out up front. And to me, that's impressive. And I, I just, I, I got kind of a soft spot for old school football from that manner. So that's why I really like the way that they're doing it right now. And I love the way, uh, Blake Corum's been been toting. I think he's really special too from a skill set. Like he really yeah. patient, kind of Le'Veon Bellish, but I think he's got a little more juice inside of like a five yard box, really hard to tackle. It's he's got a cool little blend to his game. I really like him. Hey, Clint and and Des, and then you hack. Is there any other premier program, top five, six, seven, that is more dependent on a singular player like Michigan is uh with Corum? Yeah, I mean, I think there's, I think there's, I think Alabama's dependent on on Bryce Young. To, I mean, if we're talking about winning a championship, um, I'm trying to think who's who's all up there. I, you know, you you look at, I think Tennessee is dependent on Hendon Hooker. You can't tell me that they're not. Um, yeah, you know, I, there's, um, I would say that's the extent of it. Looking down this list right now, SC obviously they're not they're not a top ten. They're sitting at eleven right now. Caleb Williams obviously drives that ship, and I think it's a different different ball club. But um, I, I tell you what, I'll do real quick. George is is uh, I, I'll give you ask about a running back dominant team that that yeah. wasn't quite national championship, but Darren McFadden's days back uh, in Fayetteville. I might uh-huh. give my Razorbacks a little something something, Des. If you know what I mean. <laughs> he uh, had, he uh, had but a that, that, that team right there. He did. Yeah, who who's his yeah, counterpart? DMC. Say it again. Wasn't it DMC? Didn't he have a right. counterpart? Right. Yeah, it's Felix right. Jones and Peyton Hillis, but they didn't have a quarterback one. Yeah. They didn't have a QB one, coach. But uh, but nonetheless, yeah. here's what I want to know from you, Des, is because I think I think there's several when you look at the top teams in America, I think there's several things that jump out, and one of them you already hit on, and George knows. I'm glad you already hit on that, which is which is Ohio State's uh, essentially the schedule that they've ran. But number two. We talked a little bit about Michigan, but I think the part about that team being a, a national championship contender, Blake's great, don't get me wrong, but yeah. they're only going to go as far as J.J. McCarthy can take them, boss. That's it. Yeah. I'm curious to know what your thoughts are on J.J. McCarthy, the quarterback at Michigan right now. I think he has crazy potential, but I think that he hasn't even scraped the surface yet. And because they have Blake and they have Donovan, they've been able to control the line of scrimmage then they haven't been forced to to use all of his skill sets. And he has a lot of skill sets as far as throwing the ball. He's very um, athletic, you know. Um, You know they have a lot of confidence in him because during last year's run, when Kay uh, McNamara was a starter, don't forget, like, games would be still hanging in the balance. And and they would put J.J. in the game. Valuable experience. Oh, yeah. He didn't just do mop-up duty. Like, 
he got in games when games were far from being determined. So that shows you what type of confidence that they have in him and his abilities. I don't think they've had to show a lot as far as what he can do um, in the passing game. And I kind of wish that they would because I do think they have some really good receivers that they need to utilize a lot more. But, you know, we watched the Penn State game, and I guess if it ain't broke, then why fix it, right? So if you gash them with the run, why are you going to get away from that? And um, But I would like to see more, but I agree with you 100%. They're not going to um, go as far as deep as, you know, some people may think that they should go until they have to put the, the game on on J.J.'s shoulders and he has to really go out there and show that he can be the, be the team with his arm. Where What is it with the, with the Michigan skilled players? They Since Harbaugh is there, the defense is it's never really left premier status. You've had different quarterbacks come in, but he's been able to get the most out of whoever was the quarterback. And the backfield's always been strong. On the perimeter, where 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 is your six foot burner with all kind of separation, or your big guys who can, like Clint said, go play the fifty fifty game? Yeah, ha- has the running game been such a big trump card that they've just kind of not really gone to develop that, or is it recruiting? Like, yeah, I think I think they have the talent there. I just think they haven't had to utilize it because of their style of play. I also think that I put to you like this, guys, early in the season, at the beginning, before the season, before the season began, a lot of talk was who's going to start at quarterback for Michigan. That was all the talk, right? You would hear that every day on all these sports talk shows. Is it going to be Kay McNamara? Is it going to be JJ? Then we got into the season. And then, and then uh, Harbaugh said, you know what? I'm going to let one quarterback start this game. Then I'm going to let the back start the second game, right? And then people all up in arms about that. My whole issue at that point wasn't with the quarterback. It was with the offensive coordinator. I always said I would much rather know who's going to be the offensive coordinator than who's going to be the quarterback. Because don't forget, they lost Josh Gaddis to yep. Miami. Yep. And at that point, it's like, okay, who's going to call the plays? And that's been my major concern. That was my major concern coming to the game. And then during the Maryland game, where it seemed like they didn't have any continuity, they couldn't get in any sort of rhythm, that's when people started to say, well, damn, what's up with the play calling? You know what I mean? And it became an issue at that point because it's like a co-play caller duties. You know what I mean? He doesn't have like one play call like he had last year with uh, with Josh Gaddis. So I think that that's the thing that was an issue early. It seems like, you know, maybe they got together in the Penn State game, but maybe they just controlled the line of scrimmage so well that they didn't really they, – they didn't force the issue where you really had to see how deep they can go into the playbook and who's really called the play. So that's one thing that, I, that I, if I were you guys, I'd keep an eye on, like the play calling because – I just think that, you know, Josh Gass was a hell of a play caller a year ago. I do think they do have the receivers. Early in the season, if you really remember, when K- when uh, J.J. took over as a starter, he missed several guys yeah. down the field who had at least a step and a half on a defender, and he didn't hit them. 
And I remember that. I remember probably about four of them. And uh, Andrew Anthony, number one, is a guy who I, I believe has a lot of potential. Uh, he can get behind the defense, but they haven't been able to get the ball to him vertically since those couple of throws early in the season. And it seems like they don't even go vertical anymore. They just, you know, rely on that running game and they rely on the tight ends. Now with Eric all out, they they rely on just um, the other tight end. Right, which is hard living. If you ain't stretching people, Clint, hack, same thing. If you yeah. ain't stretching these safeties who yeah. are already creeping down in the box thinking quorum, 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 and now you can sit flat-footed yeah. on all this east-west action and very little is going past you, it, I just think it's hard living. But they've yeah. been able to make a living in a hard living situation. The, the problem, hey, AG, the, the problem, like Harbaugh's between a rock and a hard place. He's in one of the toughest spots in college football right now. Because do you keep turning around, whoever's calling the plays, it, it's fine with me. Do you keep turning that thing around and handing it to Blake Corum, knowing that when you get to the college football playoffs, that ain't going to cut it. Right. You, 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 can pro- you can probably get there protecting J.J. McCarthy and handing the rock to Blake Corum and whoever his backups are and whoever the – the Robin to his Batman is, you can get there, but somewhere in in uh, in Harbaugh's head, he's got to be thinking, damn, I've read this book before. This like, I got is- there, and I got absolutely, I mean, just just stalled. I mean, stopped in my, in my tracks. So he's between a rock and a hard place of, do you take the risk to see what the young fella can do and grow him up a little bit, which is going to, if he does, then you got a better chance of winning a championship. If he doesn't, now all bets yeah. are off. Stay close to the vest. Protect us right now so we can get there. But them front sevens waiting on him, no matter what Ooh. other three teams get there with Michigan. And, yes, we have already kind of put Michigan in the playoff. Uh, no matter what, it, those front sevens are going to be vicious. Des, we want to run – just learn a few things about game day and your experience, but just top of mind because – I've been doing this with Hack, and I've been doing this with Clint. We want to get your thoughts on this, and I know this. you guys have been carrying this at game day. In your opinion, for an ACC, Big 12, or Pac-12 champ to get into the dance, first question is, do they have to come in undefeated? I'm going to tell you this. I, I don't work well with those type of hypotheticals just because there are so many other different moving parts that play a factor in, in that decision or that outcome. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, what's going to happen in this conference is going to happen in that conference. No one thought that a group of five team would make it, but finally we got Cincinnati in there a year ago. Everything fell in place. Everything fell in line for them to be the team that, that finally uh, broke through for the group of five. So uh, what has to happen? Uh, I, I couldn't, I couldn't fathom. You know what could, what could not happen. I would think that they would, I would think that they would have to be undefeated. I would think so. But um, you, you're talking about three different conferences. Are you saying does each guy, each team from that conference need to be undefeated to no. get in? Because I, I don't think I, you know. Listen, you got four spots. Even if you got two SEC schools in, and, and maybe you got two one Big, big Ten. Maybe one two. Big Ten. Go ahead. Maybe I'm sorry. Two. Go ahead. Huh? I was going to say maybe two. I asked the question. I don't reverse. think you're going to get two Big Ten schools in. I don't think you're going to get two Big Ten schools in. I so you're saying you if, do that. if Ohio State and Michigan 
They remain the top five. That's the whole hypothetical thing, right? But right, but wait, they're already in the top five. If they stay yeah, yeah, in the yeah. top five the whole season, unblemished, they come yeah. up against each other. It's a field goals game or an overtime game. Can you really say the loser is that much worse off than a UCLA team that might sneak out of the Pac-12? You know, they escaped a little bit or a TCU team that escaped a little bit. There's an argument for the Big Ten, just like it is for the SEC runner up. Only because the the, the SEC has three teams in the top six that will pretty much run there for, for the rest of the season. And the Big Ten's got two that are run there for the rest of the season. You're already there. So if I lose, I only lost to another top five team. You're going to drop me out of the top five? That's the question. What would it take for a TCU or a UCLA to overcome an extra innings battle in the two big conferences? I just don't see the committee – putting in two SEC schools and two Big Ten schools. I just think all hell will break loose. I just can't see it happening. Whether it's Michigan, Ohio State, you know, they top five throughout the whole year. I just don't see it happening because then they're going to say, well, shit, one of them was this conference champ, you know, but then you may have a UCLA as a conference champ or a TCU as a conference champ. You know what I mean? So there's always these other arguments that come into play. Personally, I don't see a scenario where there's going to be two Big Ten schools and two SEC schools, and everybody's going to be fine with it. Like, if that happens, I think all hell will break loose, depending on what happens in the ACC. How about Clemson? Clemson's on the rise right now. Yep. Clemson may win ACC. Ain't yep. no way in hell nobody they, – they're going to leave Clemson no. out. They no. love Dabo Swinney and Clemson, the Tigers. They not right. – so Clemson, Clemson's going to have a seat at the table. If they, if, they, if they run the table, I don't give a damn what happened to Michigan Ohio State. If Clemson runs the table – but, but if they run the table undefeated, yeah. If they drop yeah, one and win the correct. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Right. Yep. That that be that be uh Clint Hack, y'all hey, got anything on that? I, I think I do. I, I I think you're one squad out of those three conferences. I agree with Dez. I don't think you go two SEC, two Big Ten. I don't think that ever happens. That that would be Utah, there would be a shit storm if that happened, oh, right? Oh, but but the awful. The the one school guys that I think has a legit shot here with one loss out of one of those three conferences is SC. SC West Coast. They run the table the rest of the way. They lost to 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 Utah, who who I know they've got two losses, but they're a hell of a football team. But to Dez's point though, though, if Clemson runs it, it doesn't matter. Oh yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Look, I'm just saying if if yeah, look, if there's no spot for a one-loss football team, shit, they ain't getting in. But but at the end of the day, if there is a spot for a one-loss football team, look out for USC. You can't tell me that you can't tell me that Trojan on the side of that head doesn't mean something. You can't tell me being the only thing west of west of 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 El Paso doesn't mean something. You can't, I mean, you can't tell me that Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams, and that star power out there don't mean something. I'm telling you, SC is the one to me that could could mess around and sneak in if the stars align the right way for a one-loss team to get in. That's fascinating. Between the Hack and Clint's answers, it sounds like Clemson, outside of the Big Ten and the SEC, that's the next big brand. That's the one they're waiting on to go. And then we'll see how they drop it and, and then go from there. Uh, man. Des, I, I appreciate you, man. You ran with us. I know you got an early morning uh, production meeting tomorrow. 
Uh, thanks for rolling with this brother on the field of 12. No, man, I appreciate you guys having hey. me. It was a, a good um, conversation. Like I said, I'm, um, I hope you guys understand my, my feelings towards Heisman, people just throwing people's name in the hat, you know, <laughs> until they do something significant yeah. against a significant team. I'm just not open to the conversation at that point. I just Fair. know, like, like, hey, like we said last week, we saw two Warriors going at it. And yeah. that was that was real. Now I'm like, yeah. that's something to get excited about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, true. shit. Hey, Dez. I liked you before. I love you now, baby. You come <laughs> on here talking that right there. Come on, Dez. Come on now, baby. Hey, I gotta know this right here though, Dez. What in the hell have, what what is your day like? What 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 was today like? You you hold up in a hotel room, you yeah. got an early morning tomorrow. What 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 happened today? What'd you get into today? Oh man, so today was like um probably one of the most um um exhausting travel days of my of my season because I had to fly all the way from Miami all the way to um where to Portland and then you still got a 2 hour drive from Portland to Eugene. So I yep. mean, you just exhausted at that point. Uh but still you hit the ground running. Uh I got tapes I'm trying to do that I'm trying to trying to put together for Saturday's show. Um, I got some calls I have to make, emails I still got to return. And uh, then tomorrow, like like George said, early production meeting. Uh, we got TV. We have what they call what they call media availability. So we're like available to like the local media. And then we have college football live. And so it's you know, I'm glad you asked that question because it's uh, and then after all that, you try to come back to your room, take a breath, regroup. And then prepare for a three-hour live TV show that's going to start at 6 a.m. local. Yep. <laughs> so that's yep. a 4 a.m. wake-up call. Come on. <laughs> mm, yep. Hey, what, what's what been your favorite um, college game day experience campus-wise before you I jump? just like we go to uh, places we haven't been to, been before. And fortunately for us, we, we've been able to hit a lot of college campuses. And um, just like a couple of weeks ago, we went to uh, to, to Lawrence, Kansas. Yeah. But Kansas football, not Kansas basketball, but Kansas football. And it was just a, it was a great turnout. It was a, you know, a wonderful day. The people couldn't have been friendlier. And um, it's always, it's always good for me and, and for our whole team. Cause we, we love the fact that we can, we can give a program and a community like a three hour infomercial that we feel as though they deserve. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and- man. Which conference would you say is the live? Bro, 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 you got to ask me all night, bro. Come on now. I yeah, got, you I got, right. I got, yeah. My, my, hey, I want to cut it off for you, but you know what I'm saying? I, he, he, you're <laughs> yeah. right. You're right. All I right. thought we could get that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Howard. Hey, I appreciate you, man. Real, real talk. Thank you for making nah, time no for us. Anytime, brother. You know uh, you on, this, on this primer. Clint has me. Yes, thanks, man. Yeah. Desmond Howard, Field of 12 After Dark. I did try to get my man to take one more step, but his eyes looked like they was ready to close. He's been in an airport since 6 a.m. East Coast time. Fellas, it's time to go into our picks. Uh, Oh, game previews. So let's go into our game previews here. 
We just got a chance to wrap with uh, our man Desmond Howard. Fellas, we do got some some heavyweight matchups this weekend. Mississippi State at Alabama. Syracuse is going to play Clemson. And then you still got K-State at TCU and Texas at Oklahoma State. These are the ranked games we got. Uh, these are the ranked games we got this uh, this weekend. Let's start in the SEC. Um, Hack, Mississippi State at Alabama. Can Mississippi State catch Bama? Uh, you know, with their nose still bloodied, or do you expect the Roman army to come bouncing back? Listen, I think uh, I think that was a big wake-up call, and I think historically speaking, when you look back at Nick Saban, he doesn't get got twice, um, at least back-to-back. So um, I think that this team's going to come out a little bit more focused. One of the biggest issues for this Alabama team has been discipline. It's penalties, you know, self-inflicted yeah. wounds. Um, I think that defense has a lot to to grow into this year. You know, I, I think the Tennessee game was a perfect example. I think they have great players, but I think as a unit, they're not as sound as past defenses um, that they've had. Um, first level, second level, and third level. They just, they just, it seems like there's a disconnect um, that usually isn't there. So I expect a lot of that to be hashed out. They got their wake up call. I think Bryce Young's going to bring it as we've talked about Um you know, he uh, that performance last week was almost like Brady against the Eagles in the Super Bowl. You throw for 500 yards and still lose. You don't know what still to do with everything you could. Um, so I expect them to come out and handle business. Clint, uh, are you in line with that? Roman Army bounces back, or is this a good shot uh, for the Pirate to go ahead and add another lump on there? Look, I, look, I think, I think Mississippi State's got a legit, legit shot to upset Alabama right here. I mean, I, I, I'm not betting, I'm betting on Alabama ultimately. I, I think for all the reasons that Hack said, um, I trust that Saban's going to right the ship and get these cats in order, but we're talking about Alabama that, that, you know, I still think offensively there's, there's not just one guy that they, they can just, just, depend on 100% in that pass game. They got a good crew and they got a damn, they got a damn assassin at quarterback. And, and, and Jameer Gibbs is as good as there is in the country, but there's sti- there's I think there's still some vulnerability there. The defense is not as good as everybody thought they were. Tennessee just shredded them boys last week. I mean, to the tune of 52 and and, and a, a boatload of yards. I, I I thought that was the biggest question going in is we're going to find out who Alabama's defense is. And I truly believe that Tennessee had a great game, tipped the cap to them. But let's be honest, they got ran through now. Shit through a goose, baby. They got ran through and. When it's all said and done, I, I think that that Mike Leach and 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 the Will Rogers kid um, has a real chance to have a monster day against his defense. I'm telling you, the quarterback at Mississippi State he ain't getting he ain't getting the love that he should be getting nationally. That's fair. That's fair. Too much. That's too fine. much is going. Not too much. Let me re, let me rephrase that. Will Levis at Kentucky's a good player. Yep. Good player. But I'm going to tell you, in college football, that Will Rogers kid at Mississippi State right now is slinging the pill, son. He is he is special. So, and and if they're if they're going to be undisciplined to 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 you, I mean, it's the most penalized team in college yeah. football right now. It, it, this isn't wow. to, 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 this heck. This isn't just I ah, say he's going to clean this thing up, man. He'll be all right. They're the most penalized team in college football, bro. I mean, this could hey, be a listen, problem. I agree. Listen, I agree with you. My thing is, I think penalties are. If, if you're looking at things like how can we clean shit up, I think you can clean up penalties. If, sure. if I if, if I'm if I'm going to say like if I if I got to pick what I'm going to fix, what I can't fix, I'm, I think I can clean up penalties. 
I think you bring up a great point, though. But the one thing I will say is I think that's the first time in 133 games that Alabama's lost after scoring 49 or more points. Wow. I think that's the first time that they've lost under – basically since Nick Saban's been there where if they've scored 49 points or more, they've lost that game. So, to me, Will Rogers got to come in there and hang more than 49 on them at this point in time to win the game. I don't know if they got the juice that Tennessee does top to bottom. Now, I think Will's will give them a chance, but I don't know if they do it top to bottom like Tennessee does. Or have the horses I, I you, on the outside. To, that's what I'm saying, top to bottom. Outside. I just don't think offensively they got the they got the roster that Tennessee does to match up with them. Uh, the, the interesting thing, though, this year, and I don't know statistically what exactly it, 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 it looks like, but in, in watching – I watched Mississippi State versus AM pretty closely. I watched Mississippi State versus Arkansas pretty closely. Mike Leach and most air raid coaches, they get real pass happy, put them in the gun, and teams like Alabama, Will Anderson can pin his ears back and it, it, it's game over. You it may look it may be sexy for a half, but it's gonna be it's gonna be lights out before it's over with. He he's a little bit more committed to using the running back. He's a little bit more committed to running the football. Then I think he may may ha- have been in the past. I think I think Mississippi State has got themselves in trouble in the past, thinking that they just got to go out there and throw it as many times as possible just to play, just to be in the right. game. Right. And I think Mike Leach. Now he wasn't playing Alabama, but I think Mike Leach has shown the 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 ability at this point in time to feature that running back a little bit more as well. So I think there's a couple of things that give Mississippi State a better chance this year than maybe they would have had in the past. No doubt. This is to, to me. This is the biggest game in Bama's season so far. This is the biggest game. How do you respond? You know their vision is always towards the playoffs. They can they can play it a week at a time. Like each kid on that team will say, we're only playing a week at a time. But to play such an emotional game, followed by an emotional game against A and M without your general, and that went twelve rounds, and it came down to the last play of the game with A and M on the five, and they responded to come right back against Tennessee, and then that was a heartbreaker. This is going to be the one. Can you get yourself off the mat and get your jab going and then get back in? They get this game. I think they find their footing and they get going. But it is going to be a a hell of a test because I know Mike Leach is going to try to look at a lot of what um, Tennessee's offense was able to do and able to attack and try to duplicate that. Another big one, uh, Syracuse goes down to Clemson to test – uh DJU and the Tigers what's their realistic shot Hackett coming down there and pulling this off I don't know man I think they got uh the Tucker kid they got the difference maker um but I don't know if they got the difference makers outside right now and to me the strength of that Clemson defense is their front seven I think the weakness is their back half I don't know if Syracuse has the guys outside that are going to be able to exploit that matchup um, in a drastic enough fashion to get this done. And to me, Syracuse has kind of been getting away by the skin of their teeth. Two of the bigger games they won, they won at home this year. Um, it's a team that just kind of is like, how are they in this game? And then all of a sudden you're sitting there like, they're going to win this football game. And you don't, they just do it like in a real sneaky, like not like dominant manner at, at, in any way, shape or form. And they got to go out and do that. I think, um, to beat a team like Clemson, they got to play a complete football game, and my money's not on that happening. Clint, uh, DJU, he has been better, but that offense is still not fluid. 
like they're running the ball better and he's turning the ball over less, but it still feels like they're mortal on offense at times. Is this one of those teams with Dino Babers and as much pressure as they bring? Is this like one of the last knuckleball teams Clemson would have to see its see its way past to, to get where they want to get to? Yeah, I mean, I, look, I, I would think so. I, at the end of the day, this is a dangerous football team for Clemson because I, I, I while while they're hot, while their ceiling is very very high, I, I do believe that that they're vulnerable. I, I said this earlier in the year, man. I, I, I we watched that uh, Wake Force game, and, and to think that Clemson with that defense would be locked in a in an overtime shootout um, with Wake Forest. And, and I know, look, no disrespect to Wake Forest, but I'm just telling you, I played at a school where we didn't have the same Jimmys and Joes as the our opponent did most of the time. And and that is an uphill battle for Wake Forest to go into go go in there and have and have a, a an absolute shootout with Clemson a day. I mean, bro, that that's that is Quite frankly, with Clemson and the talent they have, it should not happen. And, and and Hack, I know that you you were you were adamant about like that slow mesh, and it was absolutely beautiful. I'm with you watching it. Yeah. The, the one thing that blows, I don't give a shit. Slow mesh. Someone's, someone's got to make a damn. Someone's got to make a damn difference making play. You got a dog out there. You got to make a difference making play. Oh yeah, but but Hack, you know this. You know this as well as anybody playing the position, being a pocket guy. Man, if if a team gets pushed inside guard center guard, I don't give a shit what your what your scheme is, what schematically you're trying to do. It's a bit. It, it gives you fits. And Clemson wasn't able to do that. Clemson couldn't play man. Clemson couldn't sit back in zone. <laughs> so, with that said, I just Syracuse could be a, a real problem for for Clemson. And I think Clemson is liable to let this be a four quarter ball game. And then, it, then I'm going to lean on my boy Schrader, who I said, ain't learned a damn thing since we saw him helicopter at Mississippi State. He ain't changed a lick. He ain't changed a damn lick. But you let him have a shot in the fourth quarter, he's liable to make a play on that ass now. So Clemson's the kind of team that I just don't, for whatever reason, call it DJ. You don't trust him. I don't trust him. And, yeah. and, I, and I'll be honest with you. Heck, I've been a guy, I've always trusted Clemson. Not the biggest Dabo Sweeney guy. A little, 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 bit, little, bit little bit of that uh, – uh, never mind, I'll keep that to myself. Just a, not, not my kind, not my style, if I'm being completely honest. Don't, I always, but I've, I've always believed. Deshaun Watson at Clemson, no problem. Trevor Lawrence at Clemson, they'll be fine. No problem. I even go back to them old Woody Danzler days. What do y'all know about that? Woody Danzler doing his hey, thing hey, back hey, in the Ty's day. Ty's Boyd. Yeah, Ty's Boyd. I mean, I just always believed in that product at Clemson. Whether they were national championship caliber or not, I just believed in what they were doing and had faith in what they were doing. I do not believe – I do not have faith in this football team. Good football team, very high ceiling. I don't have faith that they're going to beat the teams they're supposed to beat and then they're going to raise their ceiling to the level of of college football playoffs. I don't believe it. Yeah, and your skepticism really, if if I hear you right – rides on who the tip of the spear is not the rest of the program which really that's what it's ultimately going to come down so who's to the tip of the spear dju I, and to that point though what i want you guys to do all you guys i want you to google first seven games second year starter deshaun watson trevor lawrence all them 
see what DJ's stats are statistically speaking. Now, again, I I'm with you. Like stats are whatever. Figures lie and liars figure. But statistically speaking, DJ is better than I think both of those guys through their first seven games, their second year starting. Mm. That's good to know. Saw That's that today. Interesting. So to me, the the tip of the spear has been playing well. What I think ha- what I think he doesn't benefit from is the supporting cast that those two previous aforementioned quarterbacks had. I don't yeah. think their supporting cast is as strong. Um, and I think last year's got a bad, bad uh, cloud hanging over DJ's name right now in terms of in terms of public vision. And I, I'm a guy who's like, listen, man, you can't. Last year's last year. This year's this year. You gotta you gotta just see what you're seeing. And I think he's grown a lot. Um, so we'll see. But I, I mean, I agree with you, Clint. I don't I don't quite trust him. I think it's not necessarily. DJ and a few other pieces. I think it's more so supporting cast and a couple of pieces on that defense. We shall see if, uh, if Clemson could hold off Syracuse again, ACC hopes are pinned on the Tigers on the rest of the ride out. That's the lone, uh, that's the lone ranger they can bet on in the big 12 though. We got two big ones. Kansas state rolls into TCU 17 coming in to play number eight. And Texas goes in to play Oklahoma State. Uh, Clint, we'll go with you. Which one of those two games uh, are you are you more compelled to go watch? Texas, Oklahoma State. I, I think TCU runs through Kansas. If Kansas had their guy, I, Kansas I, I, State. TCU's got Kansas State. Oh my bad, I'm just at Kansas. We're, we're at Kansas State. It's still it's yeah. still Texas, Oklahoma State. It's still it's <laughs> look. I, I think I, I think there's one of the, one of the more interesting stories in the country is is Sarkeesian, Quinn Ewers, University of Texas. Are, are they are they back? Or are they are they legit? Could they potentially make a run at a Big Twelve championship? And Oklahoma State coming off a disappointing loss, not a disappointing loss, but they're they they they're not undefeated undefeated anymore. So they got to rebound a little bit. Can Texas go win this one and, and keep their hopes alive, their dreams alive, to potentially win a, a Big Twelve championship this year? I think I think when you look when you talk when you talk blue bloods in, in college football, Texas is one of them. And college football is better if Texas is 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 playing good ball. And so I, I think I think that for me is always gonna trump the the TCU Kansas State game. Uh really or for that matter, any other any other Big Twelve ball game at this point in time, unless it was still Oklahoma State and TCU undefeated, two undefeateds going at it. Texas being back before they go into the Big Twelve. I mean, into the SEC, I think this is just – this is one of them games where Texas could take a huge step forward. Hack, what's the definition of Texas being back? Like, do we need them to run the table from this point well, on? Because they've I mean, taken what? They have two losses, three losses? Like, what's the, what's the what's their mark at one side Texas, of the number? Texas yeah. has two, right? They got two losses. They got two losses, right? Two. Texas, Texas Tech and Bama. Yep, and they got one. They got one in the. They get. They got one in their conference. So to me, I think they got to win the conference. And obviously, they get. They got that in front of them. I think they got. They yeah. got. Uh, they got TCU coming down the pipe. They got Oklahoma State this week. So they they have the the ability to put themselves in position to win the conference, even with one loss. Uh, I think if they do that, to me, I, whatever your definition of back is, I just think they're headed in the right direction. I think Sarks. <clears throat> And Trevor touched on this as well. I think the Texas issues deeper than 
the football program, I think it bleeds into alumni, donors, athletic department, just a sense of entitlement because they are, that logo is so big. And I think it's that kind of that uh, strong men create good times, uh, good times create weak men, weak men create bad times. And now you need a strong man to bring that whole cycle back around or a group mm. of strong men. And to mm-hmm. me, I think Sarkeesian's kind of the right guy to do that. And I think uh, yours has obviously been a piece that I've been very big on. So um, to me, uh, I think them winning it right now this year, even with the hiccups and then putting themselves in, in, in the right situation, heading into that whole SEC transition uh, in two years, I think. Is what Guys, they- one of the biggest statements in all of college football that can be made right now is if University of Texas wins the Big 12. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're ta- look, I mean, you're talking about a year when A&M's down. You're talk- talking about a year when Baylor's down and out. Really, um, really the only player in, in all of the state of Texas right now is TCU. Right. I mean, you're talking about an opportunity for Texas. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about an opportunity for Texas. Oh, and by the way, OU, who's just as prominent in the state of Texas from a recruiting perspective as anybody. Right. So, I mean, this is one of the biggest statements in all of college football that can be made if Texas can go go on and win the Big 12 title. Now, they're not going to get in the college football playoffs. We understand that. I don't know exactly what bowl game that puts them in, but what it does is it catapults Steve Sarkeesian and the Longhorns into a position where they can walk into any school in the state of Texas, be in the blue blood that they are, already the most powerful program, the most powerful logo on the side of the helmet. They can walk in and now say, we're back. Yeah. We're winning. A&M yeah. who? Yeah, they recruited last year, but they went 8-4 and four, eight and four and 21, and they're probably going to go 8-4, and 7-5, and five, maybe even 6-6 six and, six and six this year. So – Who's that, right? OU? Hell, the wheels done came off up there. Come on, come on down to Austin. I'm telling you, one of the biggest statements is University of Texas winning the Big 12. Can they do it? I don't know. Are they up for it? I don't know, but it's still at their fingertips. It would be, I mean, the timing can't get perfect when you go north to Oklahoma. Oklahoma hasn't been like this since the late 90s. You look over yep. there, you go east to AM. That's in disarray. If you can't strike now. All right, let's go and do a couple other games uh, on the slate. If you guys can just give me a quick thought, let's just buzz through it. Ole Miss at LSU. Hack, where are you putting your money? Listen, I think I think what LSU did last week, great. Um, but uh, Ole Miss is just uh, – Kiffin's got them playing really good right now. And, and I, I, just, I, like, I like where that team is at this point in time in the season. Clint? I trust Kiffin, man. Kiffin's winning different right now. I mean, they, he got a couple of big-time backs down there. Um, and and I, I think he's winning different with a good run game, with better defense than we're used to seeing from, from Ole Miss. And, and it's just a matter of time before he develops his quarterbacks and gets the quarterback at Ole Miss playing a little better ball and being a little bit more effective. And so I, I, think, I think usually we see Ole Miss doing what they're doing right now. You go – all right, they're playing at their at or above their ceiling. Hell of a job. And it's not good enough to win a national championship, but it's good enough to, to finish second in the West. Right now, they're rocking and rolling, winning a bunch of all games, and they I think their ceiling's actually higher. They can actually they have some climbing to do if Kiffin can can make it happen. I, I like I like Ole Miss in this ball game, but I will take the opportunity right now to eat the crow on, on LSU and and um and Brian Kelly. I mean, they're a lot better at this point in time. They're still not as good as a lot of folks want to believe they are. But they're a lot they're a lot further along and a lot better than I thought they would with Brian Kelly coaching his team at this point in time. I like uh, Ole Miss in the ball game. Quick one. 
Will Iowa's offense score this weekend at Ohio State? Damn, dude. I don't know. I don't even know why this game's on here. I busted Dagan's balls about that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm gonna go with yeah. I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with yeah. They'll, they'll put they'll put a couple couple points on the board. Gee. Wow. Wow. And Minnesota. Yeah. The, yeah. The yeah. Whiteout. Book it. The Whiteout. <laughs> the Gophers come in for the Whiteout. Um, hack. Will your boys get back up on two, on their feet? Two programs down bad right now, but I think the whiteout uh, edges edges this one. I, I yeah, two programs that are down real bad. I, I don't think uh, I don't think um, outside of Mo Ibrahim, I don't think Minnesota has difference makers right now. Tanner Morgan is not playing great football. No, so, four completions uh, last week for yeah. uh, four completions for Tanner Morgan. That's Tebow numbers. Uh, Clint, Penn State. Minnesota can Penn State stave them off? It's only a one-loss team, and they only have that loss to the Buckeyes. Can they? Can they get back? Yeah, I, I think I think the fighting hacks. I, I think they they handle business this week. No question. I don't know what back means, but but I I think they can handle business. Yes, sir. Oh, there you go. All right. So that's uh, the the uh, the upcoming slate. Mm-hmm. Now let's go into our game picks, fellas. We uh, mm-hmm. our producer uh, Dagan Hughes hit us up with. Looks like the best 10 ball games of for Saturday. I believe it's 12. Uh, 12, George. I believe it's 12. 12. Come on, George. There you go. <laughs> the best 12 games. Keep it on brand. Uh, was staying on brand, as he said, staying on brand. So, um, Dagan, you going you going to take us through this? Or you want me to go with it? No, no, you, you take you take us through. Here we go. Uh, Syracuse at Clemson. Dagan, we'll start with you. Oh, you're starting with me. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, we're starting with me. I'm not used to this. I'm usually used to going last. Uh, give me, uh, give me Clemson. That's, that's easy. Hack. I got the. I got Clemson. Clint. I'm, I'm rolling. Um... <laughs> <laughs> After all that talk, go ahead. Speak up, sir. Speak I'll roll, up. I'll roll Syracuse. I'll roll Syracuse. Damn, I'll copter himself. Hey, let's hey, ride, hey. Dino. Dino, hey, let's I, ride, baby. I'm also riding with Dino. I'm going with Syracuse. Okay. <laughs> I, I think it's going to be a shock down there. The Jayhawks take their Cinderella season down to Waco, Texas. Dagan Hughes, Kansas or Baylor? I don't like this going first thing, but uh, give me Baylor. I think the yeah, it's, it's the Cinderella's story is over in Kansas. Give me uh, Clint give me Baylor. I mean, uh, hack, hack. I think uh, 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 Bean's been playing well, but I don't think well enough. I think Baylor's going to get back on track. I, I got I got the Bears. Clint? Baylor Bears, baby. Sick them. It's a sweep. I also am rolling with the fighting, uh, the fighting Bears down there. Ole Miss at LSU. I'm excited to see this. Lane Kiffin, Brian Kelly, uh, to watch these two. I mean, these are two of the, I think, better ball coaches in America. And neither one of them have their situations kind of grooved in yet, but they're still winning. Dagan. Going again with you, Baton Rouge. Who you got? Ole Miss. Give me Ole Miss. Hack. Ole Miss in Death Valley. Clint. Hotty toddy in the valley, baby. I'm going no, with Miss Lane no, Kiffin sir. and Ole Miss. Uh, unfortunately, all three of you guys went the wrong way. LSU at night. It don't matter what the circumstances are. But that's George, a for George, spot. here's here's the thing. It's it's at three thirty. It's not at night. 
Does that yeah, change your? Does that, <laughs> you know, it, it, uh, he's on. No, uh, he just, just like no. No, the, the fourth now. quarter. Right. The, the lights would be on by the fourth quarter. All right, all right. Fair and, enough. And, fair enough. Uh, and now, Clint, you played there. It's vicious. It's a different type of folk up there, and and that and that stands. But also, LSU is playing better, and they're getting a little bit more out of Jaden Daniels. Game day, West Coast, UCLA at Oregon. Big big implications for the for the West Coast. Their hopes are now riding on UCLA. Dagan, you're going where? Uh, give me the Ducks. Hack, we talked wow. before. You thought I was going UCLA. Give me the Ducks. I'm like what Bonex is doing up there. Changed Oregon it. doesn't lose a lot of games at home, so uh, I like I like the Ducks in this one. Wow, Hack. Yeah, I think Oregon, since the Georgia ass weapon has just been slowly and slowly building, um, and I think the difference is going to be Dan Landing in that defense this week, and I got I got the Ducks as well, Mister Sterner. Yeah, look, I'm riding UCLA, man. They 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 still got everything right at their fingertips in terms of playing for for ultimately what could be a college ball playoff chance, uh, uh, a bid. Um, I like DTR, man. He's my. I know we didn't get to it earlier, but dark horse Heisman. DTR is my my dark horse Heisman. His team's undefeated. Chip Kelly's no no chump when it comes to offensive play calling and offensive game plan creation. He's special, and, and the quarterback's throwing touchdowns and not turning the football over. So. I, I think he could quietly ease through this thing and, and get in the in the conversation about maybe getting invited to New York. I like UCLA in this ball game to beat Oregon. Uh, UCLA was questioned last year against LSU when LSU came to town. Do they have enough physicality and speed to get them? They got them. The biker gang comes in this season. Do they have enough physicality to go up against these guys? They got them. And we keep questioning UCLA at these at these pivotal intersections and they keep getting through the intersection i'm going with ucla at oregon somehow they find a way to get it done and again you're right clint leadership at the quarterback position george george we 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 all know this right i mean at this point in time with chip kelly i mean chip kelly ain't gonna have a locker room full of punks i mean chip Chip kelly chip kelly's gonna have some dudes they may not look as good as everybody else they may not play they may not be as athletic they may not be as big but he's going to have a bunch of dudes that are cut from the same cloth that that will bow their neck and 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 do the little things right, or, or he's not going to have them in the locker. The damn sure not going to be on the field. And so, I, look, I just think this is a this is a different West Coast football team when Chip Kelly's calling the shots. I, I I love it. I agree, and he's prepared. He's creative. And if any coach in America, and we always see this stuff about, look what they're not saying about us. Look how little they do think about us. Look how much they do question us. They can actually sing that song in Westwood. I honestly don't think they are, though. It just feels like they're just kind of going about their business. They'll meet whoever, wherever, and get it done. I am going with UCLA. Big one now in the Big 12. Big one. And, Clint, you just went over it. Longhorns. Pokes. Dagan, we'll go with you. Texas at Oklahoma State. Where are you going? Well, I've been high on uh, Oklahoma State all year. Can't bail on the guys now. Played a close one against TCU. Give me Oklahoma State. Mm, heck. Similar uh, similar things. I've, I've been high on Oklahoma State all, all year. Um, but I think their chances are officially down the pipe in terms of making a college football playoff. So now I'm going to go to the person who I've been – uh, in their corner prior to this year in Quinn Ewers, uh, and I got Texas winning this game. Clint, 
Yeah, this is this is an interesting one for me because I've been on Oklahoma State all year long, and, and I'm 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 going to buck Dagan a little bit here. I mean, I, I'm bouncing. I'm I'm getting off the 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 uh, Oklahoma Unbelievable. State. Unbelievable, Clint. Yeah, look, I mean, I'm just being honest. I I can't I can't put a straight face on a lie to you, my man. I'm being honest. I, look, I mean, they got players. I saw today with one of their big defensive linemen. He decided to bow out and prepare for the for the um, for the draft. Um, wow, wow. one loss on the team, still got a, still got a, a big 12 championship to play for. Yeah, man, big dude. I'm, I'm out. I'm gonna go prepare for the draft. Um, you know, they, I mean, we, I don't know how you guys were when y'all played, but like for whatever reason, when I looked up and we had, you know, we were four and or three and or eight and at one point when we went out of Tennessee, like that, oh, that O gave you a little something extra to play for Oklahoma state, not having that a little hungover from getting beat by TCU players opting out. Um, I'm going with them Longhorns, man. I I think I think they got they let some shit slip against Texas Tech, but they got a lot to play for right now. And if if Steve Sarkeesian can't get them boys ready for this right here, and they can't go out there and play a similar brand of ball like they played against Alabama, then shame on his ass. I, I like Texas in this ball game. I'm going Oklahoma State at home. They can score in bunches. That defense will get exotic on you. And yes, you're right. They are out of the Big 12 running. So what's the next best prize to go get? A set of horns. I think Oklahoma State gets them at home. Uh, we got some more here. Memphis at Tulane. Dagan. Uh, give me Tulane. Hi. I really don't have a reason for this. Oh, I can't say I've watched a lot of these two teams, but I was in New Orleans <laughs> this, past, uh, this past year for the uh, Final Four. Great city. So give me a uh, green, green wave. The green ranked, wave, baby. The ranked green wave. Let's make like green a, wave. Digging, showing love to New Orleans. Hack, you're going where? Green wave. They're hot. They're hot. Matt Forte, former teammate of mine. Clint. Memphis. And I second that. Memphis. I'm also going Memphis. This any, reasons why, on, any reasons why? We're just, we're just like Memphis. Because oh. it's Memphis. <laughs> yep. Same. <laughs> Same. Uh, <laughs> is it a, is did, it at Memphis? It's at Tulane. It's it's down there in Nola. Uh, baby. Yeah, you ain't, you ain't got a chance. Now you now you <laughs> you're at Memphis now. Hey, uh, maybe maybe. No, nah, so this is going to be one of the more entertaining games I think in the Big Ten tomorrow. Purdue, who has really been making some noise, a couple nice road wins. At a Wisconsin team that feels like they found their footing since they've changed leadership up there, Purdue at Wisconsin. Dagan. Uh, if finding their footing is losing to Michigan State, Michigan State. Thorn, uh, then sure, they found their footing. Give me Purdue. A- Aiden O'Connell, mm. much better than Peyton Thorne. Heck, I know you're mm. all in on that. So, Oh, I'm all in on that. So let's go, right let's go Boilermakers. Because here's the thing. I, I, as, much as, as much as I hope that Illinois wins the Big Ten West just for Trevor's sake and sanity, <laughs> I think Purdue is going to figure out a way how to just like pull something out of their ass. Someone's going to lose, and Purdue is just going to play their way into a chance to win the West. <laughs> hey, go. man. Hey, look here. If Illinois wins that division, Tricky's gonna come on this some bitch. He's gonna have them neons and a sex doll back on the on the shelf back there. He's gonna have all kind of shit right. He's gonna have a stripper pole back there, Chief. And, and yeah. what's that? What's that gold glass little John used to sip out of? Uh, chalice. A chalice. Like a, like yeah, a, like a goblet. He's he gonna come in with everything. Hey, Clint, neon, stripper Clint? poles, and sex dolls. Tricky Trev. Let's let's ride, baby. I'm going Purdue, man. I'm I'm gonna go Purdue in this. 
I'm, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Hack. I'm, I'm gonna give Hack one more shot to watch his kid play, and and I'm gonna try to come over to Hack's side on uh, his way of thinking on this fella. I'm also going Purdue on that one. Aiden O'Connell. This just feels like a great big game for him. Put up an easy 450. Down the south, we already touched on this game, and we really didn't get specific about where we thought it was going to go. Dagan, we'll go with you. Mississippi State at Alabama. I'm no fool. Give me Alabama. And and, and I've thought about taking them with, with the points. They're getting 20 or they're giving 21 to Mississippi State right now. So oh wow. Maybe Damn. this could be a, this could be a big old big old win for Alabama down there. Hack any potential for a shock here? Uh, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, I could, I, I see what what Clint explained earlier in the show, but I don't think so. Clint, yeah, no, look, I, I'm riding Alabama right here. The the one game that scares me is the Mississippi State LSU game. They gave up 31 points to LSU. LSU was able to hold them to 16, and I know LSU got some dudes now, but but I don't think they're on the same level as what Alabama can do. So you give up 31 to LSU, you're going to give up 50 to Bama. Uh, if you can only score 16 on LSU, I feel like I feel like Alabama's got a pretty good chance to hold you down. So while I think Leach and Will Rogers, are, uh, they, they're better this year than they have been, I don't think they're good enough to go to Tuscaloosa. I'm taking, the, uh, I'm taking Bama. Roll Tide, baby. If there's any building anywhere in America that had more steam coming out of it, uh, than the one down there in Tuscaloosa. I'd love to see it. That week of practice down there must have been unreal. I'm going with the tide. I'm going with the tide. They definitely won't have a – they will not have a sleeper. We spoke about this one, but Dagan didn't get a chip in on this. White out this weekend in Penn State. Dagan, Minnesota comes to town. Do they have a shot to take it? Uh, I think Hack said it best. Two teams down bad. Penn State let up a lot of rushing yards last week. Minnesota has a nice running back. No Ibrahim, good, solid back in the backfield. But uh, I've seen Penn State on a whiteout. No way I'm picking against Nittany Lions in a, in a game like that. Oh, I thought he was leaning give, there. Give me, pe- give me Penn State. He Lee Corsoed you. He Lee Corsoed <laughs> He surely <laughs> did. He broke uh, uh-huh. your ass. Uh-huh. Hack. Yeah, I'm going with my boys. Um, got me last week down bad. They need, they need this this week. Clint. Penn State. All day. Going back to the SEC, Jurassic Park. Haven't talked a lot about Jurassic Park tonight outside of Hooker and the Roman Army. Texas A&M might be the most mysterious program in college football. Will take its band down to South Carolina. Dagan, are you rolling Aggies or Gamecocks? You, you know the uh, the slate's got to be got to be rough. We're picking between a Haynes King led team and a, and a Spencer Rattler led team this season. So, uh, but I'm going with Haynes King in this one. Give me, give me the Aggies. Oh my hack. I'm with him. Um, <laughs> Welcome. I think, I think the, uh, the roster at Texas a and um, bodes well in their favor. And I think if they just go out there and play to their potential and the coaches don't fuck it up for lack of a better term, just put the guys in good positions to be successful. Uh, I think they're they're a better team than in South Carolina. They're going to get it done. Well, they bad thing is they fucked up a few this year. So so uh, look, I, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna switch this thing up. I'm going South Carolina. Mm. Um, yeah, look, I I just think where where A and M has a problem is is when you got when they got an offense that has the potential to score. I'm not saying it has to be a damn juggernaut, but has the the the, the potential to stay aggressive and strike. I, I think I think they're going to have a hard time. A and M's offense could potentially have a hard time keeping up with South Carolina. I'm, I'm going to ride South Carolina in their in their uh, their 
Let's see. Let's let's get their breakout their breakout game. I think they put up some points and A and M can't keep up. I am going A and M, and solely because the last time we saw the Aggies travel east was against the Roman Army in Tuscaloosa, and it came down to the last play of the game on the five going in. So either play call or execution or whatever it was, they went twelve rounds. Now, granted, Alabama didn't have the Heisman Trophy winner on the field. But they got 80 other five stars out there, and they're still led by the same commander. So I liked what I saw out of A&M and how it all came together. They go to South Carolina, in my opinion, get the knockout. We got two more. UCF at East Carolina, the fighting Gus Malzahns. Dagan, where are you going? Man, what a game to be picking. I know our guy Michael Fetter, big ECU guy, big fan of ECU, but uh, I'm rolling with, uh, with the Knights. Gus Malzahn, give me UCF. Mm. Hack. Um, just kind of went with my gut. UCF here. And Clint. Well, I mean, I, I, I mean, I just want to reiterate that I, I absolutely like my South Carolina pick against A and M. If I'm being completely honest at this point, <laughs> I, I absolutely love it. I see Hack over there wishing he could change his pick. I, I, I'll take. <laughs> I like my South Carolina pick. I like. Look, I like Central God. Florida, man. I think I, I'm, I'm a big Gus Malzahn fan. I know him personally, and for that reason and that reason only, I want to see UFC win this ball game. So I'm going. I'm going with UCF. You must know Shane Beamer personally as well. He man. must. They must go. <laughs> They no, no, I, I do, I do not. But, I, but I know they're averaging thirty-three points a ball game, and A and M can't sniff thirty-three points. So I would like to, before I get to this UCF game, I would also like to reiterate my prior pick: uh, the Texas A and M Aggies <laughs> showed a lot again. I just want to say that played Alabama down to the five-yard line, last play of the game, ball in your possession, your control. That's a play call or a simple execution. And the shock of the season would have happened a week before the next shock of the season. So I stand by the Aggies. I don't think the Vols win was a shock of the season, though. I also agree with that. The way they've been playing, in fact, it looked, yeah, it, it looked more and more like a bear my, trap. My question is, how the hell did we get here from UCF ECU? <laughs> it's okay. I'll just, I'll just simply <laughs> spiderweb. We spiderweb. How the hell did we get here? Yeah, just simply giving Clint. Just a little bit more uh, reinforcement. I'm going to go with UCF. Last one, K-State at TCU. Dagan. Big George, I'm, I'm going I'm I'm to big time here. I'm not going first. Pass it to oh. somebody else. Okay, we'll go hack first. He says the horns. Clint. Horn frogs, baby. Horn frogs. Let's ride. I also go the horn frogs, and we'll let Dagan go last. Dagan, and this K-State is exactly why I wanted you guys to go first. Give me... Kansas State uh, you got in Fort Worth. Adrian no, Martinez, so difference maker. <clears throat> Big time backfield out there. And, uh, and well, it's, I guess they're not in Manhattan, but well, you know what I mean. Uh, if the, for this game. But give me give me Kansas State. I picked against them earlier in the year. I'm not throwing it again. Honestly, this if the if Utah is the biker gang and, and Alabama is the Roman army, TCU might be the militia. And I gotta keep thinking about that. They they seem to like bind together and go get folks and they come back. They they kind of bound together, go get so, folks, and they come back. They so have, they're kind of like the Germanic dudes in the opener from uh from uh what's the gladiator? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, the dudes are yes, just like they come out of the together. woods. They know that the Roman army's coming, but they just come out of the woods, put up a good They come fight. out of the woods. Sometimes they, get sometimes get <sighs> got, but 
you know, sometimes get theirs. Correct. Throw the head back. Yep. Throw the yeah. head back at you. But there has, mm-hmm. they haven't met a, a Maximus yet. They went in, spoiled what Kansas had going. They've been spoiling, spoiling, spoiling. After a while, it just becomes who you are. Mm-hmm. It just becomes who you are. TCU, that program must have so much confidence. Max Duggan, uh, Coach Dykes, like it's hard to describe how much confidence must be inside that building. I'm going to roll TCU um, all day, every day there. Hey, real, real quick, G, just in case anybody's out there wondering, M. Damn Strolls. I was gonna, I was gonna ask you for an update before we got off here, Clint. So <laughs> they got shelled. Hey, them boys uh, up three two. Hey, them boys won today three two. Up two on them damn Yankees. Been to send their ass home one more time, boy. Man, damn. Lot of, hey. you, know, you know, George. I, no, not many people know this, but me and you have a little little rivalry going on right now. Dagan and I do have a rivalry. I almost had us pick the series tonight in our picks. So we'll, maybe we'll save it for the uh, for the World Series. That's fine. A lot of baseball connections. Dagan and his Phillies, Clint and his Cheaters, and me with the Padres. Keep banging, boys. Keep banging. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. <laughs> so, uh, uh, thank you again for joining us, my man Desmond Howard. And yeah, we tried to squeeze a little extra juice out of him, but the Heisman Trophy winner and uh, and our guy Desmond joining us from College Game Day. On behalf of Clint Sterner, Christian Hackenberg, and our producer, Dagan Hughes, George Whitfield, we'll see you Saturday.